Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So I want to start tonight with just a brief pop quiz, only two questions. Uh, First question, what year did the United States States first land on the moon? Points to the Frownsteins. Second question. Five years later, there was an event which was the most viewed event on television at the time in which twice, almost twice the amount of people watched this as opposed to the moon landing. 1974, what event was that? It was in the middle of Africa, Zaire. It was the rumble in the jungle. They reckon a billion people have watched that fight. It was, one of the, it was the most viewed event on television at the time. And for those who don't know, it was a world championship boxing fight between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. And the interest around it was that George Foreman was the world champion. He was 25 years old. He was taller than, uh, than Ali. He was stronger than Ali. He had a longer reach and he was bigger than Ali. And Ali had been the world champion at age 25, uh, but had his championship taken off him and he went to jail because he would and enter the forces and fight in Vietnam. And so he lost his title and was in jail for three and a half years, but eventually was released and got back into boxing, took another three and a half years till he got a title fight, and that was against George Foreman, and that was in Zaire in Africa in 1974, in which pretty much half the world tuned in to watch. And so George Foreman was the favoured boxer in this bout. Uh, for those who, who gamble, um, he was a four to one, which is an, he had an 80% chance of winning that fight. And Muhammad Ali wasn't expected to win. And so as the fight started, it was 4 a.m. in Zaire, so that it would be prime time in America. It was 26 degrees. And in the first round, uh, they started boxing. And Muhammad Ali, he did good. He, he competed, but he recognised pretty quick that George Foreman was a better boxer than him in that moment, that George started to beat him in that first round. And one thing George did well is he would corner his opponents off in the corner and then he would knock them out, generally in the first three rounds. And he knocked out about 90% of the people he fought. And so anyway, in this bout towards the end of the first round, Ali starts to back up onto the ropes and starts to lean on the ropes, what is now known as the rope of dope. It was an intentional technique in which Muhammad Ali would lean back against the ropes. He would use the ropes to help him avoid um, George's punches, but also just uh, absorbed a lot of his hits. He played a defensive game. And so the second, the third round, George was just pummeling Ali, but he was also avoiding a lot of his punches. And then come the fifth round, George started to fade a bit. And there was actually a moment in those middle rounds where George did uh, connect pretty cleanly with Ali's jaw. And then Ali pulls him in close and says, is that all you got, George? And so it gets to about the sixth round and George starts to fade. His punches start to be less effective. This is a 15-round fight. Seventh round, George is now looking lazy. He has thrown an awful lot of punches. It's 27 degrees. It's rising. And then in the eighth round, Muhammad Ali knocks out George Foreman and regains the world championship title. So that was the story of, of Ali and how, how, he, how he, in the first round, he recognised that he wasn't going to beat George Foreman up front in those early rounds, that he was probably going to get himself knocked out if he took him out in that manner. So Ali intentionally pulled back. He saw that this was a 15-round bout, so he intentionally pulled back and did something which George was not expecting. He got himself in the corner, which is what George is used to doing, 
and he weathered the storm. He waited until George uh, was worn out and didn't have the energy, and then Ali took that fight right at the end of the eighth round. We've been watching Kylo in our life groups uh, here at church, and Kylo stands for Keep Your Love On. It's a teaching series on relationship. And we've also been talking about relationship at our church services. And tonight, I wanted to ask you in regards to relationships, are you playing the long game or are you playing the short game? Are you going for instant results and temporary highs focused on what's in front of you? Or are you living with your heads up, making decisions today with tomorrow in mind? George came in with a short-term mentality to that fight. Now, part of that was because he was just so good and he just usually knocked everyone out. But he genuinely did not think he was going to go past three or four rounds, maybe five at a stretch. He would not have thought it would have gone seven or eight. And as he began to go through that fight, his hope started to decrease as he realised, like, I'm not prepared for this moment. But Ali had made the switch. He had decided, no, this, I'm going to play the long game in this fight. And Ali took that occasion. The short game is all about instant gratification. If you're playing the short game, you want to visibly win, and you want to visibly win now. The short game wants to sell you the idea of having the best moment now without consideration of the later rounds in life. But when you're playing the long game, you're willing to look like you don't have it all together. Like Ali on the ropes, uh, his coach said when he first saw Ali go back on the ropes, he genuinely felt sick in his stomach because he thought that was going to be the end of Ali. But if you're playing the long game, you're willing to look like you don't have it all together in a moment because you know that there's more to come. You're willing to look like you don't have it all together because you know that there's many rounds to come in this life and in the relationships around you. People who play the long game know that the best relationships are built over time. So I ask you with regards to the relationships around you, are you playing the short game? Which it's largely about instant gratification and narrow vision where the only, where the only relationships in your life that are growing are new ones. The only relationships growing in, in people's lives who play the short game are new relationships. And I say new because people who play the short game may have long-term relationships, but most of them are not growing. A lot of them had, a, had an experience called disappointment, and that's where they pulled out. Or are you playing the long game? Can you point to relationships around you that you have faced significant disappointment or disconnection, and yet you've continued to grow and not just age? Have you stuck around and continue to invest when things haven't been pretty? Which game are you playing? Regardless of your story, I believe people are going to leave here with a greater vision for the relationships that they want to see happening in their lives through the revelation of beginning to see and play the long game relationally. There are three factors in a relationship, in, in relationships. Uh, people who play the short game, they generally only see two of these factors. And the first factor of relationship is excitement. This is the first aspect of relationship. That time, I remember I was in primary school, I was year three, and I got invited to the year four's birthday party, this really popular kid, you know, like that's an exciting moment. That's the first part of relationship, the first time someone like sees you and says, hey, you're awesome. You know, the first time someone wants to hang out with you, they invite you for a sleepover when you're younger or they invite you to their party. Like it's exciting. The first time you meet someone that you like, you know, like the beginning of a relationship, there's excitement around this. This is the early stages of relationship, but it's only the first phase. 
And then there is a second phase of relationship. And when you step into that, that is called disappointment. Huh. And it's, it's actually a normal and healthy part of relationship. But people who play the short game, they can't see past that disappointment. This is all they see. They see the excitement and the disappointment. And when they hit that disappointment, what do they do? They take a step back and they start again. And you'll notice that teenagers, they can generally do that cycle for quite a long time. They can be excited, new relationship. Then they hit disappointment. Then they're like, oh. Then they make a new friendship, super exciting. Then hit disappointment and they step back. They can do this for a few years. But by the time we get into our young adult years and we've done this for five years, we've done this for 10 years, we sort of hit this point where we're like, what's the point? Like there's many people like I know, like I watch people for, I get paid to watch people at some level. Like I observe and I learn and I've watched this in myself that when you repeat that cycle of excitement to disappointment and then you take a step back and start again, it hits this point where you ask the question, what is the point? Why should I show up in relationship if it's just going to end in disappointment? I've heard this over and over from people. And myself personally, I spent a long time down this end I took a step back out of the excitement and actually chose, I didn't actually engage with that. Every now and then I'd engage with a bit of an exciting relationship, then I'd step back, you know, like I'd avoid that disappointment. And I know a lot of people who live their lives in avoidance of that disappointment of relationship because that's all they see. They only see the first two steps of relationship. That's what it looks like to play the short game relationally. But those who play the long game relationally, they can see beyond that. They can see the other part of relationship. First part of relationship is always excitement. The second part, which is super healthy and super normal, is disappointment. But if you're willing to work through that disappointment, you can step to the other side in the third part, which is growth. And it's in this part of relationship where true connection, true intimacy and true relationship can be birthed. But what happens, some people, they will, they will hit that disappointment in the relationship, that time that, uh, that you're hanging out with a friend, uh, you hang out every weekend through high school, it's really awesome. And then one weekend they don't message you. And then you see on Instagram, they're hanging out with someone else. It's, it's disappointing. And then maybe you hang out the following weekend, but you never actually address that thing. You never actually talk about that disappointment. You maybe try to, try to work towards that growth. But what some people do, they walk around the disappointment and they try to get to growth by walking around the disappointment. But if you do not confront the disappointment in the relationships in your lives, then you're going to end up with big elephants in your relationships. And you tell me how easy it is to hug a person with an elephant in between you. But this is how some people's relationships are. They live with these massive things in their world that maybe, maybe you tried to confront a friend sometime about the way they spoke to you and they blew up in your face or maybe they shut down and didn't speak to you for a month and they communicated, do not talk to me about that. And so now in that, in that relationship, you're living with an elephant. You're living with an elephant and you're restricted from connecting with them. You're restricted from building relationship and that relationship will grow older, but it will not grow. It will not grow. Are you playing the short game or are you playing the long game? Can you see the bigger picture? How do you know if you're playing the long game with regards to relationships? How do you know if you're playing the long game with regards to relationships? You know you're playing the long game with regards to relationships when you have vision beyond the disappointment. 
You know you're playing the long game relationally when you have vision beyond the disappointment. If you get married and, and you're on that day, you're at the altar and you do not have vision beyond the disappointment, you're in for a big emotional slap in the face. You're playing the long game when you have vision beyond the disappointment. King Solomon, who lived uh, around three millennia ago, um, he was the king of Israel and he wrote a book of Proverbs. Um, he was a very wise man and chapter 29 verse 18 says, uh, he wrote, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. When there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. They cannot restrain themselves. They don't have self-control. People who don't have self-control take the path of least resistance. They take the easy way out. And what that looks like relationally is excitement, disappointment, path of least resistance. Guess which way that is? It's back. It's the path of least resistance. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. They don't have self-control. They live for instant gratification and they play the short game relationally. And then uh, in one translation, the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I believe there are many relationships that perish and fade because people are playing the short game. That they're not able to actually have vision for that relationship beyond the disappointment, that they're actually willing to work through that. Jesus had more vision for the relationship beyond disappointment than anyone else. He saw the bigger picture. He played the long game as a lifestyle. He did have the advantage of coming from eternity, but still he played the long game. He lived for 30 years before performing his first miracle. He played the long game in life and he played it relationally. He hit disappointment over and over with his disciples. Over and over, he hit moments of disappointment, but his vision for his relationship with those disciples was so much greater than that disappointment. There are multiple occasions you could read in the Gospels where Jesus walked in and his disciples were arguing who was the best disciple. And, and for, for anyone, like when you're, when you're pouring your life into people and you hear them arguing about who's the best, it's like, oh, like you've missed it. You know, and there's times in my life where I find myself comparing myself to others and like, oh, maybe I'm better than them. And I catch myself and I'm like, oh, that's disappointing. And Jesus faced this over and over, but he had vision for that relationship beyond that disappointment. There was one time where the disciples, Jesus sent them ahead of a, into a village and said, hey, prepare that village. I'm gonna come in there. And then the, the, the village rejected the disciples and they went back to Jesus and they said, hey, can we call fire down on the city? And Jesus was like, do you not read your Bible, man? Do you not know what I came to do? And it says that Jesus said to them, I came to bring life. I did not come to destroy. And so Jesus had vision beyond those disappointing moments with his disciples. And every time he faced those disappointments, he would draw closer to his disciples. He would push through that disappointment. And I want you to know that in a relationship, someone's always leading. And the person who's leading in a relationship is the one who has that vision beyond that disappointment. And Jesus led his disciples over and over relationally in those moments of disappointment. He had vision beyond that and pushed through that with them. Jesus spent three years with these guys, leading them through disappointment. He had 12 who he sowed into the most. And one of those 12 ended up handing Jesus over to be crucified. And we, we're going to read this in Matthew chapter 26, and we pick it up. Uh, this is the Easter Thursday before the Easter Friday where Jesus was crucified. And Jesus says, 
go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm gonna celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. In other words, one of you are gonna, are gonna disappoint me. Like hands up, well, you don't have hands up, but everyone in this room will have been betrayed at some point by a friend or at least had that experience of placing your trust in someone and then entering an experience where that trust was broken and you felt betrayed. And Jesus recognised in this moment that one of his disciples was gonna betray him. And so what did he do? The very next thing what Jesus did when so many of us would pull back when we're dealing with someone who like that we're just, it's a bit shaky, the relationship, we're so more likely to pull back in that moment. But Jesus did something radical and he made a commitment to these guys. He made a covenant with these guys and said, I choose you. And it says in verse 26, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he gave a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is the commitment he made, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So they weren't actually eating flesh and blood, but Jesus was saying, hey, and tomorrow my life is gonna be taken. I'm gonna lay it down for the sins of the world. And on Monday, three days later, I'm gonna be raised again by the power of God. And by you partaking in this meal, this communion, you're partaking in the experience of laying down your life and allowing me to raise it up again as a born again Christian. And so Jesus invites them into this covenant relationship when he knows that one specifically is gonna betray them, but they're all are gonna flee him in his, in his greatest moment of need. And so Jesus says a couple verses later in 31, this very night you will fall away on account of me for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. It, it, like we've all been in that experience where we've hit a tough point in our life, our life and we've looked around and you've wondered who's been there for you in that moment. Like who has been there for you in that moment? Who are the friends that have been willing to show up in that moment where you're just devastated and you've just got nothing left to offer in that moment? And this is what Jesus faced. He was, he was having, being handed over to have his life taken from him. But he said to his disciples that all of you are gonna fall away on account of me, that no one was gonna show up for him. But he said to them, after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And Jesus said, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. All the other disciples said, we will not ditch you. We will show up. We will be there for you. But when the time came to it, they weren't. When the time came to it, there was disappointment in that relationship. But Jesus had vision beyond that disappointment. He said, I will go ahead of you and see you in Galilee. And so while Jesus went through that disappointment, he went to hell and back. He went on to the other side of that disappointment. And he said, when you guys are ready, when you guys have sorted out your, your stuff and you've run away and you've realised that I still believe in you, that I still love in you, that my covenant decision to make a commitment to doing relationship you is still available, I'll be in Galilee ready for you guys. Jesus had vision beyond the disappointment. I wanna ask you tonight, What's the vision you have for the relationships in your lives? 
What's the vision you have for the relationships coming up? If you're hoping to get married in this room, which uh, is a really awesome desire to have, I ask you, what's the vision that you have for your marriage beyond disappointment, beyond the honeymoon? What's the vision you have for your relationships? Where are you going to be in five years' time in in the relationships around you? If I could have the band come up, please. George Foreman lost the heavyweight title at age 25. But what would have happened if in that moment George changed the way he was thinking? What happens if George changed his game plan in that moment and realised that the short game wasn't going to work? Like what would have happened if he actually played the long game, if that fight went to 15 rounds? I don't think George Foreman ever got knocked out in his whole life. What would have happened if he was the world champion the world champion, and Ali didn't regain that title? Maybe Ali wouldn't be regard, regarded as the world's best boxer and maybe George Foreman would have. What would have happened maybe in some of your relationships in the past if you had chosen to play the long game, if you had chosen to push through disappointment? What about some of those relationships that, that you had in the past years? What if they were still growing? What if they were still flourishing? We can't do too much about the past, but we can change where we're going. And so I ask you, what game are you playing going forward in the relationships? Imagine if in five years' time from now, pretty much every single one of your relationships grew. How rich would your life become if all your relationships were growing? What is the vision for the relationships you have right now and the ones you have coming? I believe many of you are gonna leave here with hope and vision for the relationships in your life now and the relationships to come. And I encourage you, if that is you, that you do whatever it takes to begin to act out the vision even if it's sending a text straight after this message to that one person who there's a massive elephant in your relationship. It might be your dad. I remember I did that uh, at a young age when I uh, had just walked out of a relationship with my dad and um, I just sent him a text in the middle of the night and I just said, hey, um, sorry for just not talking to you for the last couple of months. Um, Love you. And he just replied straight away. Uh, It was 2 a.m., which I was very surprised to get the reply. But he replied saying, um, ever since I first held you in my hands, I have and will always love you. And that's a picture of covenant relationship. That's a picture of having vision beyond the disappointment. And so I challenge you to have vision beyond the disappointment in your relationships. I encourage you to do whatever it takes to action that vision. Or maybe it's laying down your pride that is protecting you from disappointment. Maybe you've engaged in that cycle of excitement and disappointment, excitement and disappointment, and you've checked out, you've taken a step back even beyond excitement. You're not willing to risk that disappointment. Then maybe I challenge you, it might be time to lay down that pride and be willing to re-engage with relationship again. Allow yourself to have vision beyond the disappointment. But most importantly, I believe there are some people who have, because of disappointment, stepped back in your relationship with God. Because of moments of disappointment that you've actually checked out of the excitement phase. You've checked out of your relationship with God because of disappointment you've faced. I want to give you an opportunity to re-engage with that tonight.